This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Christine Blashford. www.wokeupthismorning.co.uk The Rosary by Florence L. Barclay Chapter 30. The Lady Portrayed It has taken you long, Miss Grey. I nearly sent Simpson up to find out what had happened. I am glad you did not do that, Mr. Dalmain. Simpson would have found me weeping on the studio floor, and to ask his assistance under those circumstances would have been more humbling than inquiring after the fly in the soup. Garth turned quickly in his chair. The artist ear had caught the tone which meant comprehension of his work. Weeping, he said. Why? Because, answered Nurse Rosemary, I have been entranced. These pictures are so exquisite, they stir one's deepest depths, and yet they are so pathetic, are so pathetic, because you have made a plain woman beautiful. Garth rose to his feet, and turned upon her a face which would have blazed had it not been sightless. A what? he exclaimed. A plain woman, repeated Nurse Rosemary quietly. Surely you realised your model to be that, and therein lies the wonder of the pictures. You have so beautified her by wifehood, and glorified her by motherhood, that the longer one looks, the more one forgets her plainness, seeing her as loving and loved, lovable, and therefore lovely. It is a triumph of art. Garth sat down, his hands clasped before him. It is a triumph of truth, he said. I painted what I saw. You painted her soul, said Nurse Rosemary, and it illuminated her plain face. I saw her soul, said Garth, almost in a whisper and that vision was so radiant that it illuminated my dark life. The remembrance lightens my darkness even now." A very tender silence fell in the library. The twilight deepened. Then Nurse Rosemary spoke very low. "'Mr. Dalmain, I have a request to make of you. I want to beg you not to destroy these pictures.' Garth lifted his head. "'I must destroy them, child,' he said. I cannot risk their being seen by people who would recognise my—the—' the lady portrayed. At all events there is one person who must see them before they are destroyed. And that is, queried Garth. The lady portrayed, said Nurse Rosemary bravely. How do you know she has not seen them? Has she? inquired Nurse Rosemary. No, said Garth shortly, and she never will. She must. Something in the tone of quiet insistence struck Garth. Why? he asked, and listened with interest for the answer because of all it would mean to a woman who knows herself plain to see herself thus beautified. Garth sat very still for a few moments, then, "'A woman who knows herself plain,' he repeated, with interrogative amazement in his voice. "'Yes,' proceeded Nurse Rosemary, encouraged. "'Do you suppose for a moment that that lady's mirror has ever shown her a reflection in any way approaching what you have made her in these pictures?' When we stand before our looking-glasses, Mr. Dalmain, scowling anxiously at hats and bows, and partings, we usually look our very worst, and that lady, at her very worst, would be of a most discouraging plainness." Garth sat perfectly silent. "'Depend upon it,' continued Nurse Rosemary, "'she never sees herself as the wife, the mother. Is she a wife?' Garth hesitated only the fraction of a second. "'Yes,' he said, very quietly. Jane's hands flew to her breast. Her heart must be held down, or he would hear it throbbing. Nurse Rosemary's voice had in it only a slight tremor when she spoke again. "'Is she a mother?' "'No,' said Garth. 
I painted what might have been. If, if it had been, replied Garth curtly. Nurse Rosemary felt rebuked. Dear Mr. Dalmain, she said humbly, I realise how officious I must seem to you with all these questions and suggestions. But you must blame the hold these wonderful paintings of yours have taken on my mind. Oh, they are beautiful, beautiful. Ah, said Garth, the keen pleasure of the artist springing up once more. Miss Grey, I have somewhat forgotten them. Have you them here? That is right. Put them up before you and describe them to me. Let me hear how they struck you as pictures. Jane rose and went to the window. She threw it open, and as she breathed in the fresh air, breathed out a passionate prayer that her nerve, her voice, her self-control might not fail her in this critical hour. She herself had been convicted by Garth's pictures. Now she must convince Garth by her description of them. He must be made to believe in the love he had depicted. Then Nurse Rosemary sat down, and in the gentle, unemotional voice, which was quite her own, described to the eager ears of the blind artist exactly what Jane had seen in the studio. It was perfectly done, it was mercilessly done. All the desperate, hopeless hunger for Jane awoke in Garth, the maddening knowledge that she had been his, and yet not his, that had he pressed her for her answer that evening it could not have been a refusal, that the cold calculations of later hours had no place in those moments of ecstasy. Yet he lost her, lost her! Why, oh, why? Was there any possible reason other than the one she gave? Nurse Rosemary's quiet voice went on, regardless of his writhings, but she was drawing to a close. "'And it is such a beautiful crimson rambler, Mr. Dalmain,' she said. "'I like the idea of its being small and in bud in the first picture, and blooming in full glory in the second. Garth pulled himself together and smiled. He must not give way before this girl. "'Yes,' he said, "'I am glad you noticed that. And look here, we will not destroy them at once. Now they are found, there is no hurry.' I am afraid I am giving you a lot of trouble, but will you ask for some large sheets of brown paper, and make a package, and write upon it, not to be opened, and tell Marjorie to put them back in the studio. Then, when I want them, at any time, I shall have no difficulty in identifying them. I am so glad, said Nurse Rosemary. Then perhaps the plain lady— I cannot have her spoken of so, said Garth hotly. I do not know what she thought of herself. I doubt if she ever gave a thought to self at all. I do not know what you would have thought of her. I can only tell you that, to me, hers is the one face which is visible in my darkness. All the loveliness I have painted, all the beauty I have admired, fades from my mental vision as wreaths of mist, flutters from memory's sight as autumn leaves. Her face alone abides. Calm, holy, tender, beautiful. It is always before me, and it pains me that one who has only seen her as my hand depicted her should speak of her as plain. Forgive me, said Nurse Rosemary humbly. I did not mean to pain you, sir. "'And to show you what your pictures have done for me, "'may I tell you a resolution I made in the studio? "'I cannot miss what they depict, the sweetest joys of life, "'for want of the courage to confess myself wrong, "'pocket my pride, and be frank and humble. "'I am going to write a full confession to my young man "'as to my share of the misunderstanding which has parted us. "'Do you think he will understand? "'Do you think he will forgive?' "'Garth smiled. "'He tried to call up an image of a pretty troubled face, "'framed in a fluffy setting of soft fair hair.' It harmonised so little with the voice, but it undoubtedly was Nurse Rosemary Grey, as others saw her. "'He will be a brute if he doesn't, child,' he said. End of chapter 30